excursions with the hundreds of crayfish we were going to collect that day. Lurch kept looking under these giant rock overhangings in about 18 to 20 feet of water where most of the hefty ones lived. He pulled out the first couple, showed them to me underwater, and signaled that they were too small to keep. I was stunned. These crayfish were the length of my arm with a tail as big as my forearm. These were no mud bugs. They looked like giant tropical lobsters, complete with brilliant blue, red, and orange flanging all along their exoskeletal armor. I've seen tropical lobsters before, usually in the Caribbean, where they are camouflaged to disguise themselves in the sand and dark rock of their environment. They need to blend in with earth tones and shadow, hence all the brown, black, and sometimes sandy orange color displayed on their shells. The rainbow crayfish, however, live in rocky recesses, not necessarily all the way down on the ocean floor, but sometimes midway on the reef itself. Consequently, they live in a vibrantly colored environment, their shells becoming a canvas for some of the most beautiful hues in the animal kingdom. Lurch finally found one big rainbow crayfish, weighing in at about two and a half kilos. This massive beast was lunch. I'm a New England lobster guy and just assumed this lobster was going to be roasted whole, Lurch had another idea. He brought a small pan to put on top of the grill. Next, he dabbed a tablespoon of butter in it, twisted off the lobster tail, cut the tip of the tail off the rear fin flaps, pushed this giant two-pound raw lobster steak out of the tube of skeleton that it lives in, chopped it into one-inch chunks, and pan-fried the meat in brown butter, finishing it off with a generous squirt of lemon. We sat there on the beach while the Spanish mackerel, the kingfish, and the coral trout cooked. I tolerate warm water lobster. The North Atlantic Homaris Americanus is my kind of crustacean. However, the second best lobster I've ever had is that rainbow crayfish from the Great Barrier Reef. Taxonomists can take issue with this. I know that technically it's a crayfish, but to me, anything that frickin' big that tastes and looks so much like a lobster is getting called a lobster. Rainbow crays are one of those delicious foods that you can find only down in Australia and some of the island countries just north of it. They have them in Indonesia and Okinawa, Japan, but physically plucking them from the Great Barrier Reef with a man who has spent his lifetime diving there is an experience I wish for everyone. Samoa also offered up some pleasant surprises in the food department. Samoa is a food lover's paradise. People still live very much in an old-fashioned, timeless manner. It's extremely remote, and many of the simple ways of life that have all but vanished in other parts of the world are still alive and kicking in this South Pacific region. Men stroll the towns barefoot, decked in lava lavas, an island sarong that is comfy in the extreme. No matter how primitive a country, markets are a barometer experience against which you can measure the best aspects of a culture. In Samoa, the markets serve as a place for licensed vendors to set up small booths, no matter how humble. Sometimes it's just two stumps of wood and a plank put across them for them to vend their product. It may be as simple as hawking bananas, but they still pay a license to the market co-op to set up business. However, there's a time of day at a Pia's Makedi Fu market when anyone can bring their fresh catch and sell it. It's almost like an amateur section of the market where you can find a random assortment of sea creatures. The Samoan island of Upolu is surrounded by a massive reef that stretches anywhere from 100 yards to as far as a mile out from the beach. Beyond that, the water quickly drops off. The inland side of the reef reaches a depth of 60 feet tops, whereas the outer side of the reef drops to 400 or 500 feet immediately. Within another quarter mile, you're at 1,000 feet. 
And in another quarter mile, you're at 3,000 feet. The channels around there are just spectacular, and the depth creates a strong current ideal for attracting big game fish, including tuna. Samoans head out in small canoes fitted with outriggers and paddle past the reef through sometimes 15 or 20 foot seas. Somehow, they manage to use hand lines while dealing with these incredible currents in a boat thinner than a kayak. They will put two or three tuna into their boat, sometimes 10 pounders, sometimes 50 pounders. If they live in a well-traveled section of town, they'll hang their catch from the trees near their homes. Some people will even collect root vegetables or oranges, bananas and papayas, and set them next to the fish. A 10-pound tuna will cost you a few dollars. Fruit is a quarter apiece. You won't believe how cheaply you can put together the lunch of your dreams. For those who don't live in a high-traffic area, hawking fish at the Makedi Fu is the best option for making a buck. Fishermen set up in the amateur section.